Today we enter into a solemn occasion, almost a covenant. Oh, kids for Christ, that away. <laughs> I got so excited, I'm, I'm just ready to go. Obviously, I'm not Scott Wakefield. I'm Eric Brown, the Minister of Music and Worship. And uh, so this is not a normal thing for me, but uh, so bear, bear with me. But we enter today into a solemn occasion, a covenant, just like you have made with your wife and God. We will make today with these men who you have voted upon, God in this congregation. The responsibilities should not be taken lightly from any party. In fact, a lot of times in churches we can see, or any organization, dysfunction happens when you do not understand your job description or your role. It just happens because people start to, to if they're not told what to do, they start to assume, and we have problems with that. Now, it reminds me, when I was in college, every Monday night, what college kids did at my, in my school, we went over to each other's apartments and we watched what we call in the Deep South, wrestling. And my favorite wrestler was this guy. That is the Rock Dwayne Johnson. And he was called the Brahma Bull and he, like any self-respecting wrestler, would talk in the third person. And his catchphrase, he was, he, he was, and his catchphrase was, the Rock says, know your role, jabroni. And what he meant was, I'm at the top of the food chain, you're at the bottom, and if you cross paths with me, you better understand your place in the wrestling universe. Know your role. I can't do the eyebrow. I wish I could do the eyebrow, but I just can't do it. But it reminds me of a, a, a story in church where there was a minister of music, and he didn't understand his role either. And him and the pastor just was having conflict, and it started to boil out in worship services. And as time went by, the first service, the preacher preached on commitment and how we should dedicate ourselves to the service of God. And the music director led in response, I shall not be moved. <laughs> the second week, the preacher preached on tithing and how we should give gladly to the work of the Lord. The director led in response, well, Jesus paid it all. The third week, the pastor preached on gossiping, how we should bridle our tongues. And that music director led with the great hymn, I love to tell the story. <laughs> the pastor got so upset, he even said the next week he was considering to, that he was going to resign. And the music minister led in response with the great hymn, Oh, Why Not Tonight? <laughs> Sure enough, the pastor did the next Sunday. He got up and he said, Jesus has led me to this church and Jesus has led me away. And the, music's, the music response was, whoa, what a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> now, of course, that's all funny, but who really got hurt? The church, the outside world, because the music minister had no clue what his role was to the pastor. There was no elder or deaconship uh, anywhere in this story and something happened terribly wrong and the result was that community suffered because the church was not doing its job. People failed. So today we're going to take a quick, uh, just a quick 101 about church and we're going to start just basic 101 stuff. How about Jesus is Lord of his church, Amen. Amen. And we are founded upon the conviction that we are redeemed by His Word. That's why the Bible says that the Word 
dwells in us richly, that we are redeemed, we are fed by the Word of God. Number two, we are upheld by His intercession. Scott talked about in Hebrews earlier this year that we no longer needed a priest, that Jesus sits at the right hand of God the Father, and He is our intercessor. We also learn that the church is His body. We are the hands and feet of Christ. And number four, we are commissioned to do his will. We believe here at First Christian Church that Jesus said that we were to make disciples and that we have decided that that disciple process looks like the three C's. You might have heard of that. I don't know. You might, you might have heard that once or twice. But we believe that we are commissioned to do his will. But Christ did not set up his church and then abandon her. It was not his style. Rather, he sent the Holy Spirit to do a few things. One, he he sent the Holy Spirit to guide the apostles into all truth. We find that time time and time again in New Testament teaching. Second, he equips the body to have all it's needed to do the work of Christ. Meaning that the Holy Spirit enables each and every one of us with spiritual gifts so that the body of Christ, there's not a bunch of feet and there's not a bunch of hands, that the entire body is equipped inside a congregation. We believe that, but so many times congregations will fail on that and people will be saved. They'll sit on the pew. They'll never discover what their spiritual gift is or they'll take their natural gifting, say like, you know, uh, I'm a school teacher and so therefore I should then be a teacher. You know, and they never discover their spiritual gift. And therefore, we have a bunch of, we don't have a a, a true body. We look like Frankenstein. We have all kinds of parts running on this body that is not supposed to be there. But the Holy Spirit equips the body to have all that it's needed to do the work of Christ. And also, the Holy Spirit protects us from forces which would destroy the church, we find throughout Scripture. Now, God's work is carried out through his people. Now, he can do miracles. We still believe he's in the miracle business. But we also believe that the hands and feet of Christ accomplishes his will. Amen? So the will of God is worked through his people. And what we see as examples from the book of Acts today provides us with a precedence of what we are about to do. Acts 6, 1 through 7, I'm going to read this. In those days, when the number of disciples were increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebrew Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Permenesis, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to be to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the, now catch this. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. 
Now, we, if you continue on in the story later, the church spread across the Mediterranean world, and Paul and Barnabas, on their mission trips, established churches, that they, but they knew that these new converts would need someone to shepherd them and guard them from falling away. Acts 14.23 says, And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to be to the Lord in whom they had believed. Paul charged the elders in Ephesus to pray careful, to pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock, all the flock, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own, what is that congregation? Blood, with his own blood. So today, before we enter into this ordination service, What's the job description? I mean, really, I mean, we've read scriptures through, you know, through responsive reading today. We've read it in scripture time. What are the responsibilities? What's, what is the role? Now, this, is the re, this was my job description here. All right, now, see, this is, that's Scott, and this is me, and that's Tommy. And it says, your description is fairly simple. Stay in your cubicle and try not to make things worse. <laughs> no, 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 really, that's, that's not my job description, and that's not yours. Okay, too many times we have that attitude where we are going to just keep the status quo, we are going to stay put, and we're not going to do anything. We're going to play it safe. We're going to play it safe. Jesus did not play it safe. Did he play it safe? I mean, read, read that New Testament. That, he, he, was, he was not, I don't think people would have in his description, in, you know, when they were talking about his personality, they would say, man, that guy plays it so safe. So, what are the job descriptions? I'm, I'm taking these out of the Christian minister's manual. This is our brotherhood manual for what elders and deacons are supposed to do in the Christian church. All right, so these, these, this is it. You want, you want to know? Because we've actually heard people actually say, I'm a deacon and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. All right, here we go. All right. Number one, elders, job description. See that the gospel is preached taught and lived. Number two, that prayer is continuous. Number three, that Christian love and a spirit of unity prevail within the church. Number four, that workers are selected and trained. Number five, that the straying are brought back into the fold. And six, that the kingdom of Christ extends abroad, not only from Greenville, but abroad. That, that is your job description. Learn it. Love it. Embrace that. We need you, elders, to take that charge and lead us. Deacons, your job description. See to the physical matters of the church. That facilities are available and equipped. That property is well maintained. That financial affairs be above reproach. And that none in the con- let me read that again because I, I want this one. None in the congregation suffers lack of food, or clothing, or shelter. Deacons, that is your charge. So, in a nutshell, that's a country boy word. In a nutshell, and deacons minister in the areas of compassion and benevolence. Elders are charged with guiding and teaching. Deacons, 
You lead the way in compassion and benevolence. You will be the leaders of our church, and we will follow you. You lead that charge. The church should not come up with a program. We should follow you. Just be, I mean, let's, let's just be honest. Guide us in that. Let us be the hands and feet of Christ. Let us, let us go to the poor in Greenville. Let us go and, and be serious about our business. Lead us. Elders, you are charged with guiding and teaching us. When problems arise in the church and you see conflict, we don't need past experiences from churches that you have attended. We don't need personal opinion. We need your study from the Word of God to guide and teach us on those issues, to bring the biblical principles out and say, this is what has happened and this is where we stand upon, is we stand upon the Bible. And we'll, we'll follow that. We, want, we, we charge you with that. We want to be led. People want to be led. They just want to be led by, by strong, tough leaders. That's what most of the time we find throughout society. Lead, and we will follow as a congregation. So big ideal. As each person performs their ministry, meaning that the deacons perform their roles, the elders perform their roles, and the church discovers their spiritual gifts and become the body of the Christ. So y'all aren't, y'all aren't out of this. As each, min, as each person performs their ministry, the church will become more and more Christ-like. Others will be drawn into the fellowship, and the influence of the gospel will multiply. Now, if we don't take our job serious, the adverse will happen. The church, the church will become less Christ-like. People will not be drawn into our fellowship. That, people, people will be talking about our fellowship. I mean, let's just be honest here. And the influence, sadly, and the influence of the gospel will not multiply. Remember what happened in Acts? Remember that at the end that the numbers of disciples in Jerusalem did what? Increased rapidly. Congregation, you voted for these men that are about to come up. At least you can do is respect them. At most you can do is pray for them daily. They deserve that, and they will need that this year. I'll just be honest. I've been here six months. I love it here. Me and Nina were talking to the Thompsons. We were at dinner with them last night. We love it here, but it doesn't matter where we go. I'm just going to tell you, and, and I talked to pastors while I was in seminary. Scott talks, and, and, and we, we get the same consistency. The church in general, not just our church, but they are more concerned with the inanimate objects inside a building or they're concerned with the kind of music that we play. No one ever gets fired up and comes with us with the concerns of that there's a lost and dying world that is going to hell. I don't, I don't, get, to vo- I don't get to talk that. I get to field all kinds of personal in-house issues. We are to do the will of God. And you're saying, I'm, well, you're just fired up. No, I'm passionate about, about that church. There is a lost and dying world out there, and we treat, our, we treat this like an organization sometimes. A social club. 
Let us treat it as the commission from the Christ we follow. Let this year be the year that in the annals of first Christian history says that this was the difference, that the men took their responsibilities and that the congregation took their responsibility and unity was prevailed and the kingdom of God increased in Greenville. Let it not be a story that is told by gossipers throughout, throughout Greenville that says what we do wrong. Because if we don't take our, our charge responsible, responsibly, you know that will happen. Because we live in the South. And people talk. Let them talk for something good. We're about to enter this solemn time. And I, so I ask the deacons and the elders to come forward and stand up here in the front. Beloved in the Lord, we have come to ordain and install elders and deacons in Christ's holy church. Christ alone is the source of all Christian ministry. Throughout the ages, calling us to serve the church by the Holy Spirit, all who believe and are baptized receive a ministry to the witness to the world that Jesus is Savior and Lord and to love and to serve those whom they live and work. We as a church are ambassadors for Christ who reconciles and makes us whole. We are the salt of the world, the salt of the earth, and we are the light of the world. Following Christ's resurrection and ascension, God has given the church apostles, prophets, and teachers, deeds of power, gifts of healing, and forms of assistance and leadership. We stand within a tradition where God calls and empowers deacons, elders, and ministers of word and ordinance. These are the men who are to be ordained and installed to the office of deacons. Kevin Allen, Mike Fowler, Doug Green, Chris Wellhoyt, Mark Johoski, Mark Lieber, Paul Love, David Scott, Jeff Ward, Rex Carrington, Russ Clark, Scott Duffy, Dave Johnson, and Craig Milton. These are the men who are to be ordained and installed to the Office of Elders. Jack Darden, John Hicks, Dale Thompson, Jerome Banks, Rick Neenaber, Cole Spears, Steve Dewar, Mike French, and Bill Ritchie. Deacons and elders are called to serve as Christ served. We look to them to be people of spiritual commitment, exemplary life, compassionate spirit, and sound judgment. Deacons are set apart for a ministry of mercy, service, and outreach. They gather gifts and offerings, care for them faithfully, and distribute them with wisdom and compassion to persons in need and for the purposes that advance God's kingdom on earth. Deacons visit and comfort the distressed, provide for whatever necessities may arise, and assist the congregation at services of worship. Elders are set apart for a ministry of watchful and responsible care, for the welfare and order of the church. They have oversight of all members, including one another, the deacons and the ministers, equipping everyone to live in harmony with God's word. They ensure the word of God is rightly pro- proclaimed and taught and that the ordinances of the, of the church are faithfully administered. Elders assist the ministers with their good counsel and serve the, all Christians with advice, consolation, and encouragement. 
Elders and deacons, together with the ministers, lead God's people in proclaiming the good news to the poor, righteousness to the nations, and peace among all. These offices of leadership provide us for the welfare of the church, stewardship of property and finance, and the spiritual benefit and growth of all Christ's people. As these three offices of deacon, elder, and minister are united in Christ, so also... So also in the church, one office is not separate from the others. The ministers do not serve without the elders, nor do they serve without the deacons. Together they enable the whole mission of the church. Everything in the church will be done decently and in order when faithful persons are called to office and responsibly fulfill their charge. Brothers, Almighty, and in the presence of this congregation, answer sincerely these questions with, yes, with a yes, I do. Do you confess together with us your faith in one God, expressed through the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Do you believe in your heart that you are called by Christ's church, and therefore by God, to this office? Do you believe the books of the Old Testament and New Testaments to be the word of God and the perfect doctrine of salvation, rejecting all contrary beliefs? Will you be diligent in your study of Holy Scripture, and in your use of the means of grace. Will you pray for God's people and lead them by your own example in faithful service and holy living? Will you accept the church's order and governance, submitting to ecclesiastical discipline, should you become delinquent in either life or doctrine? Will you be loyal to the witness and work of First Christian Church, using all your abilities to further its Christian mission here and throughout the world. As deacon, will you faithfully, diligently, and cheerfully manifest Christ's love and care, gather and distribute the offerings of God's people, visit and comfort the distressed, minister to the poor and needy, and strive to advance the gospel throughout Greenville and the world? Will you faithfully, diligently, and cheerfully study God's word, oversee the household of faith, encourage spiritual growth, and maintain loving discipline, and provide for the proclamation of the gospel and the celebration of the church's ordinances? Let us come forward and lay hands on one another and pray. God of grace, pour out your Holy Spirit, gentle as a dove, burning as fire upon these men, and fill them with grace and power for this ministry of deacon and elder. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's congratulate one another on your sorrow. Stay where you are. Elders and deacons, be faithful in performing your duties. Magnify the one who has called you to these offices. Be zealous for the church of Christ, hospitable, prudent, upright, devout, and self-controlled. Love goodness, holding always to the mystery of the faith. Members of First Christian Church, please rise to affirm your covenant with these elders and deacons whom God has given us. First Christian Church, do you receive in the name of the Lord these deacons and elders as duly elected and ordained servants of Christ? If you do, say, we do. Do you promise to respect them for the sake of the office for which they have been chosen and ordained?
Okay. Do you promise to encourage and pray for them to the labor together in obedience to the gospel for the unity, purity, and peace of this Christ, uh, peace of this church in the honor of our Lord Jesus Christ? First Christian Church, receive these deacons and elders as Christ's own servants. Support them in love that their work may bear fruit. In the name and by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, we together as a body declare that these brothers are duly installed deacons and elders in this church. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-loving God, you taught us to pray for ourselves and for others and to give thanks for all life. May every grace of ministry rest on these elders and deacons. Keep them strong and faithful that your church may prosper in peace. Grant them wisdom, courage, discretion, and benevolence that they may fulfill their charge to the glory of Jesus Christ. Bestow bestow your grace on these people that they may support these deacons and elders with prayer, cooperation, and encouragement to guard them from growing weary in doing what is right. Inspire your whole church with your spirit of power, unity, and peace. Grant that all who trust you may live together in love. Lead these men in the way of justice. Direct those who govern us. May they be fair, maintain order, support those in need, and defend the oppressed that our church know true peace. Give grace to all who proclaim the gospel through word and table and deeds of mercy, that by teaching and example others may come to live for you. Comfort and deliver us, God, those who are, are in trouble and sorrow, poverty, sickness, and grief. Heal them in body, mind, spirit, or circumstance, working in them by your grace, wonders beyond their dreams, and hopes through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.